welcome to the podcast Digital Leader Talks and my name is Saku Tihverainen. Today I have the privilege to talk to Nishan, founder and CEO of an international consultancy Iron Lakes. Great to have you on board. Great to be here Saku, thanks for, uh, thanks for inviting me. You founded a company here in Finland. Um, what, what do you in fact do? Yeah, so I, um, you're right. I founded a company here, um, as you said, Iron Lakes, which is a innovation consultancy. So essentially, we specialize in, uh, well, we started out specializing in five areas of innovative tech. So cybersecurity, AI, biotech, blockchain, and IoT. Oh, and AR, v- AR and VR, so six really. Um, that very much evolved into um, human technological intersectionality. So looking more broadly at innovation and how... Yeah, how do we innovate? So, so how you know, we we help companies, um, uh, small large businesses, governments, NGOs, with you know how they innovate, how they can use uh, technologies to implement or you know digitally transform their their business or operations, or even through to um, looking at more holistic and and you know legislative or, or governance processes and whatnot. So essentially, injecting the expertise of of innovation, you know, technologically and and governance and legal wise into um, whatever their their need is. So as you mentioned. Um, yeah, we're an international consultancy. So whilst I'm based in whilst I'm based in Finland, I actually have very little activity in Finland itself, which is, um, I guess, some points that we can kind of get into during this conversation. But most, uh, or actually all, I don't know, most of our clients are are, are international. So we've worked, we've got some uh, clients in the US. Um, we've got some stuff going on in the UK now. Uh, we had um, some. Well, we had uh, the Vatican. We were working with um, the folks in in the Vatican and in Rome. So when I say the Vatican, is in that you know the actual papal, the, you know the Catholic Church, the the the, the research academies of the Vatican um, on some AI projects. Mm. Um, we had we do some consultancy with the UN um, and other such uh, things. We're doing a lot of stuff in 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 the Commonwealth. Um, but uh, so yeah, so a, a big a big mix of stuff, wide range of of clients, customers. Um, it's myself, and we have uh, six other people that are all global as well, based in different countries in the world, who are also my leads. Um, in Gateway, yeah, we have uh, dozens of partners. Uh, you know, again, ranging from small businesses to enterprises. So it's quite a big um, operation, as it were. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, very, very fascinating. Um, let's let's discuss Case Finland because you know you've got some personal experience with um, you know having set up the company over here and, and, and everything. Uh, tell me about uh, the founding founding of the company. How how was it? Yeah, um, an interesting experience to say the least. I think, and as as I guess we're exploring this and, 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 and kind of, I guess, you know, as I'm describing my experiences, I think that the overarching theme for me is very much that Finland is a land of paradoxes. But in terms of founding the company itself, um, interestingly enough, the actual foundation of the company was relatively straightforward. Um, so that's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give Finland a gold star for, for effort on, on that front. Um, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, you know, previously, or at least my understanding was that there was a requirement to have a certain amount of capital that you also put in, especially if you're registering an OU, a, a limited liability company versus a sole trader, yeah. a toy minimi. Um, 
and and the you know um, the, the, these constructs are replicated around the world in the UK you can be a sole trader or register as a, as a you know a limited company limited liability company um, and i believe in in england it's, it's a similar thing i can't remember if they've changed um the, the capital requirements or, or not. But generally speaking, countries around the world are lowering thresholds and trying to make it easier to to create companies. Um, so so in Finland it was it was nice to know that you know they changed it so that there was no capital requirement whatsoever. Um, I essentially just needed to navigate the system. Um, which you might think is, you know, would be straightforward. I mean, I mean, it would have been straightforward if I understood uh, Finnish or Swedish. Um, of course, being in a foreign country, you, you expect to learn the language, but Finnish is a very difficult language to learn. Google Translate doesn't actually do a good job. So it took me a lot longer than I was expecting. Um, I, When I was doing the bits myself, I did it in Swedish and used Google Translate because it works, translates swedish better than it does uh finnish and then for the bits that i just couldn't translate and of course my partner being finnish as well couldn't understand the form because there was a lot of jargon in there she had been out of the country for 20 years and has come back with me so yeah. reading you know reading through the forms not understanding the terminology because these are new words that have been i guess you know uh, created in 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 in, in finnish so, um, luckily, one of my board members who is is Finnish, um, even though he's based in the US and does a lot of work there, was able to navigate with me and assist me to to figure out what I was supposed to do, where, and everything else. So, once I got through that bureaucratic brouhaha um, and and submit the things and everything else, I would say it would be okay. That, but then there were certain hurdles along along the way, getting approval from from PRH um, with trademarking and everything else. Um, one thing I've learned from Finland is that when you're advised to do something, it's not, well, when, you, when you're advised to do something, it's not really an advisory, you're being told. So I was advised, the, I was advised to look at the name because there was another name. There, there was a company, there is a company that's registered called Iron Lake. Um, when I sought legal advice, I was told it shouldn't be a problem because Iron Lake worked in heavy manufacturing, whereas Iron yeah. Lakes was proposed to be working in IT consultancy and technological consultancy. So two very, very different business operations. But PRH disagreed and said, nope, uh, too close to call. So you need to change your legal entity name. So we, we as with most other companies, our legal name is, is, is quite different, even though we trade as Iron Lakes, which isn't an issue. Um, but yeah, so that was just you know the beginning bit, and then of course we get into the, the fun, complicated stuff around uh, setting up the taxing and and the bank accounts and uh, uh, and everything else. Which you know I could probably spend the whole podcast just talking about that experience, <laughs> and it will probably be whilst a lot of people I think will really uh, you know understand the, the yeah. woes of that, it probably won't make for in- interesting listening. Just to say that um, it was making simple, seemingly simple things complicated which it was almost as if someone felt that this is too simple. So let's just try and throw some challenges in the mix yeah. just to, you know, test if that person has or can, can illustrate uh, a Finnish sense of Sisu, as I'm constantly yeah. told. Uh, you know, you're resilient enough to do this. You've, you've jumped through all, over all of these hurdles. So you're yeah. now qualified to be a business owner and whatever. So, so yeah, it was, it was straightforward yet challenging, I, I would say. Um, to, to 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 found the company, but that was just the the first step of yeah. 
of the mountain of challenges that is yeah. uh, operating in Finland. Yeah, I can imagine that there's no there's no separating between the personal experience uh, and and then the business sort of experiences uh, when it comes to the bureaucracy and the paperwork. But you know, thinking about running a business here, um, you know, what's what's been the positives? Um, what about the negatives of running running a company uh, over here in Finland? I, well, it's interesting. I I, I think I. I was I don't know whether you would say I've been lucky or unfortunate in this sense but I I founded my company just before the pandemic so it's probably the worst time to create a new company right before the world falls off a cliff and into the unknown um but saying that I think it at the same time from a business perspective because there's been quite a wide reset in business operations and a lot of businesses have had to wind back or or restart or figure out what they're doing starting from that point anyway you know I wasn't at you know, a disadvantage compared to com- any competition or, or anything like that as such. Um, but in terms of positives, um, let me think. Uh, and, and it's sad that I actually have to try and think of a positive of being infinite. The, the positives I think of being infinite, especially from, so from a cybersecurity point of view, yeah. um, you know, a lot of cybersecurity is uh, based on, on trust. And you know the concept of of, of trust and neutrality and, and making things safer for businesses or or people or or you know or, or whatever it is. Obviously, there's a lot of technology involved in that, but just at a very very high you know satellite astronomic level. Um, so I always praise the Ministry of Foreign Affairs uh, for this because they've done an excellent job in the last thirty years of of painting or sounding the uh, like propaganda trumpet about Finland about how independent finland is and yeah what a nice place finland is and and all you know finland being the birth well, finland and the nordics being the birthplace of innovation and highest number of startups and all of this all of this stuff so in that sense when it comes to dealing with our international clients the fact that iron lakes is a company that has been born in finland but also owned by you know international uh, experts um, and and some Finnish ones as well, but 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 you know it, it's you know international parents born in Finland, so to speak. But having this Finnish quote unquote identity, which then uh, reflects the sense of you know Finland, whilst being in Europe, takes more of an independent stance a lot of the time, being a bridge into you know, potentially into Russia and uh, and other regions, and also being this yeah being this neutral liberal uh, kind of environment. So 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 from that perspective. It makes it quite attractive to, uh, uh, you know, to, to proposition uh, international business, especially with clients in the US where the market is quite slanted, or even in China or Asia or elsewhere in the Commonwealth. But having having a Finnish identity is quite attractive to do business. Um, so I would say that is a positive. You know, utilizing the the, the work that uh, I say, utilizing the work that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs does and all of the consulates do around the world in in promoting Finland. Um, Negatives, I think, um, it's it's just very difficult. Uh, there's 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 an adage that was that used to be used in the UK for a very not only the UK sorry in the US for a very different topic, which was "Don't ask, don't tell." Um, I won't go into that for what why it was that was used in the US, but in Finland, I, I use that phrase because. I always think that there's an expectation that you need to know everything or that you already know everything that you need to know. So when you're going into a business, you already know all of the things that you need to, you know, that you need to do, all of the things you need to submit or, you know, whatever it is. 
you're not told this and if you fall foul of of that so uh, you know a few times especially early on uh, you know submitting the right notifications to you know the the, the 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 different agencies or when it comes to doing you know your 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 tax paperwork but then there's also the um you know the income registry which is part of vero but not vero is still a different system and there's the you know the employer separate report or whatever it is that you need to submit and you know initially if you forget one to submit one which as a new entrepreneur in a different country you might you know early on you might forget to just submit you know the form being a tick in the box and then sub- yeah, and then click submit but you forget to do it because you didn't know you had to do it but then instead of being told you had to yo know, you haven't done this and my experience in the UK would have been oh you haven't submitted this it's due by whatever you should do it okay thanks for letting me know I'll do it it's just you get a notification after that saying this was due you know 2 weeks ago so can you submit it and you say okay, and I submit it, and then they say, oh, but because you've submitted it late, we're going to fine you. So, okay, fine. Lessons learned. I will do, you know, do whatever. But then, my experience then is that the goalposts move. So I've fallen foul of that three or four times where I act on the last advice I was given and submit it by the date that they told me, and then they said, oh, actually, it's changed and it needs to be earlier now. So, and it's like, okay, fine, I'll pay another fine and this and that. So, and then when you actually ask the question, oh can you tell me specifically what do I need to do? And then you get the answer, but the answer might even not be a full answer. But that's what I'm about. Don't ask, don't tell. So the assumption is, you know, you need to submit all of this stuff. You know, you need to do this. You know that there's all the, you know, all of these different things that are quite specific to the Finnish ecosystem. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure whether as, I mean, you can probably tell me maybe as a Finnish person, you're born with this knowledge. I, you know, I, I don't know, because even attending the Helsinki Nuco and the Enterprise Espo events and everything else and the information, and a lot of that was good. That You know, the Helsinki Nuco stuff, um, you know, I, I, I give them praise where it's due, that, that some mm-hmm. of the things were informative. But again, they were very, very basic of, you know, you, you, know, you must do this and log on and do that and tick the, those certain boxes. But when it becomes, and anything became a bit more complex, there was no advice or anything to be given. And not for me wanting, you know, trying to find out, but yeah, that, that in itself has been challenging, just figuring out um, the, 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 the business ecosystem in that sense. So there has been that, which ties into the, I guess, the bureaucracy angle that I mentioned before. And then the other part, of course, is, is customers in Finland. Like I said, we have all of our international stuff going on. And yeah. by by the law of common sense i would have thought at least that being based in finland and me physically being in finland that therefore having customers in finland would be you know having customers on your doorstep would be easier than you know customers that are you know 6000 miles away um but it seems that this market is harder to crack than the international markets that we have a presence in and have cracked which again is nonsensical um which which ties into i guess a wider uh, question about um uh, you know internationals in, in finland and and a lot of the pushback and a lot of the questioning of expertise and, and whatnot which is the biggest negative experience i think as both as a, yeah, as an individual and also being a being a business in finland that is internationally owned so to yeah. speak to use that terminology um there it is clear that there is not this acceptance of that or it is felt that even within even within the cybersecurity or the technology market in in Finland, um, we are still 
an outsider to that ecosystem and you know our expertise is questioned my expertise is is questioned and the irony of a lot of the questioning i have is a lot of the subjects that i'm an expert in i've written the book on and i've actually defined and, and with international agencies i've i've been the one that's actually created the industry standard yet i'm being questioned as to why i know that how do you know about this industry standard well you know I invented it. You know, do you, you, you don't ask the, invent, the inventor of the mobile phone why he knows so much about phones or Sir Tim Berners-Lee, why do you know so much about the World Wide Web? And of course, I'm, com- I'm making these grand comparisons. I'm, I'm no way anywhere near the likes of Sir Tim Berners-Lee, but it's, you know, it's a bit nonsensical when you have someone or an entity in an ecosystem that is wanting to contribute and that can actually add value and there is immediate pushback who are you to come here and say this, you know, we don't want you here and it's, you know, lift the walls up and it's seen as a challenge, which I think is, is quite disappointing, really. Do you want to elaborate on the point of, of the customs? Kind of like, um, what's, what's the key? What, what's your interpretation is the key to uh, making viable business here in Finland? Uh, you mentioned, you know, going international is easier than making it in Finland. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, on one hand, I want to say networking. I mean, networking does. does I mean, of course, networking helps. I mean, even with our international uh, uh, customers, um, it, you know, it, it's networking. I mean, you you have you do you go through the you know the initial dance that any business owner or or, or sales rep or whatever it is does, and you know, you make these connections with prospective uh, clients and customers, and you have conversations, and you build the rapport and the relationship. Um, a lot of uh, from a startup perspective, a lot of the international clients has been through my network that I've already established and the fact that people know me and, and they said oh I, the amount of messages I get saying oh we're, we're doing this and I thought of you because you know you're this cybersecurity guy or, or whatever it is maybe you can help us and of course we can and that's great um, so I understand that yeah, being in Finland being an unknown you know who's this who's this random guy that's just popped up out of the ground talking about this stuff and we've never heard of him before though do we trust him um, and so I appreciate the time that it can take to to build that trust. And I've spent the last two years um, doing what I do here in Finland. Um, so, we, yeah, and with my, you know, I am an anomaly in, in Finland because, let's face it, I'm this big bearded you know, English guy that, that's talking about cybersecurity, um, you know, in an ecosystem of, of, of Finns that, that, that you know, have a, a very specific pers- uh, perspective on that. But um, yeah, I think so. The networking is key, knowing knowing people. Yeah. But even then, I think it is still difficult because it comes. It's it, obviously it's who you know, but then there is still this very weird. Um, I don't even know how to describe it, but there, there's this, there's there's still this very weird uh, uh, construct or or, or mechanism or or, or 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 way of doing things where. I might get an initial lead or have an initial conversation with someone or an entity or a potential client and, mm-hmm. you know, have this good conversation about a potential project. They then say, I actually know for, you know, for X, Y, Z reasons, you know, we can't go ahead. Okay. Not a problem. And then you hear a month later that they are doing the exact same thing with a Finnish company. Uh, and so they've, you know, they, they've gone to one of, you know, one of your competitors, so to speak. And, yeah. That kind of sounds like an underhanded thing to do, and I know that so in business things happen, but but yeah. um, that that regularly happens with with uh, internationals here. And 
to the point where I've you know I've had experiences with you know with Business Finland of of of, of all entities as well, and I've seen uh, Business Finland and and people going to Business Finland, Business Finland asking for ideas in certain things, supposedly setting up an ecosystem around these ideas, take these ideas off of people, and then say, then say the idea is not valid, we're not going to pursue it. And then a month later, there's this grand statement that Business Finland, in collaboration with VTT and you know uh, an, another technology company that I won't mention, is doing this this thing. I'm thinking, I'm sure that was part of you know the group of the convert. Yeah, I was involved in that. Not to say that it was my idea, but I was in that conversation. Where I knew, I know whose idea that was. Another international uh, entrepreneur and startup who well, you know, that was their business model, and they ended up going bust. I know of. Uh, another CEO who was who lost her role in her company because she was pitching for a business Finland idea, like to go to business Finland, went there, business Finland screwed her over, and then her board kicked her out of her company because of the revenue that they lost. And you know, and this this goes on and on and on in 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 yeah. terms of trying to integrate with the, the the Finnish ecosystem. So yeah, so whilst whilst you know whilst it is important to to definitely know. The right people, and of course, with some of the stuff that we have done in Finland, it has been purely through an introduction or, or, or that kind of thing. And I think also, as you know, um, having an having an introduction from a Finn helps because yeah. then it's almost like you know you pass you you pass the vetting <laughs> in a way that if, if another Finn has recommended you, then therefore you must be credible. Um, uh, yeah, so so I think that's like I say. Whilst I can kind of understand. The nuances of that, with Finland being, you know, a, a, or it is a closed ecosystem with a small population. Um, not to say that everyone knows each other, but generally speaking, you, you know, when you have a small pond and and, and a, a certain amount of fish in that pond, you kind of recognise uh, who does what. Yeah. So when you are an anomaly, it, it is difficult to find your place. But then again, thinking about the the near future. Uh, the you know the the fish in the pond are getting older, and uh, and you know Finland's Finland's been noted to need whatever twenty five to thirty thousand people, um, new people into the country per year, and um, and you know to sort of solve this and, and all the rest of it, and and then you know what we've been discussing the closed ecosystem and all that type of stuff. Um, I think you know we have a bit of an issue in our hands. Uh, what's your take on this? Yeah, um, well, bit of an issue. I, I I think is you know un understatement of 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 the day. Um, <laughs> but but um, but no, you you know you're you're right. I think you know the the the, the statistics from um, you know whatever the ministry. I think I'm not sure if it was MFA or the government generally was that there's this requirement of minimum of thirty thousand uh, um, immigrants per year, and by Im yeah, immigrants being equaling taxpayers. You know, thirty thousand new taxpayers into the Finnish ecosystem every year, at a minimum, to support, um, you know, the period, the the current pyramid scheme that is the social security system <laughs> uh, uh, in this country. And don't get me wrong, this is very similar. You know, th this this is a model that is identical in 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 other countries. You know, something that was designed um, after after the after World War Two with the baby boomers and the um, I guess the uh, assumption that population was always going to grow that yeah you know, there'll always be in England there was the the formula of 2.4 children so every you know every every married couple will have um, two and a half kids on average two two to three kids um, so 
more you know more people growing up than there are older people so the younger people paying that the working population paying their tax to support the older population and you know uh, and thus is the pyramid yeah um but of course, when you turn the pyramid on its head, then it's going to collapse. Which I think, you know, the, the 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 I think Finland now. I wouldn't say that the pyramid is upside down, but Finland has become pear shaped, which you know is is an English analogy for when something's gone pear shaped, it's gone wrong. Um, so <laughs> it's kind of that double entendre there. But it is pear shaped in that sense that you have this bulge of aging workers who are all going to be retiring, and you don't have the sufficient. Yeah, you know, I say you of you being you saku as as the representative of finland um yeah. you know I'm a, um, I'm a good rep being 41 yeah. and everything kind of like thinking <laughs> well, about the pension times already kind yeah, of like yeah. thinking how it's all going to be viable then you know well no exactly so so you know so finland uh, finland as, as as a construct not having enough people to support the people that are due to be retiring so you know the options are make people work long, longer which generally speaking doesn't go down too well um at least in european markets i mean we saw what happened in france when they tried to raise the retirement age in the uk they've already raised the retirement age a couple of years um so there's that but then of course ultimately you just you know there is a need for more money so of course um attract people into the country and you know from from a fiscal point of view it makes total sense to attract adults into a country because you don't need to pay for the most expensive things which are education and you know yeah. the, the formative years of an individual from zero to eighteen or twenty-one, yeah. you know, depending on whatever the age of an adult is, based on the on the country that you're from. Um, but you know, those formative years are the most expensive years for any human in existence. You know, because of healthcare and education and, and this, that, and the other. So when someone is at that point where they've received their education and can work, you know, and essentially you know looking for work or, or already working, being able to come into a country started a job and and you know hit the ground running is that that's that's the perfect yeah. type of individual that you that you want in the company because because you raise your your tax revenue but the, the, the i think the the issue with that or or that's all well and good as long as the system is in place to allow exactly. you know, to, to, to facilitate that right because you're you yeah. kind of it, otherwise it's a bit i always think of of the uh, the old video game Lemmings. I'm not sure if you used to play that, where yeah, you had those little I things, did. and and you had to build the bridges and things so they would jump on it to get to the door at the other end. Yeah. For me, Finland has opened the door so the Lemmings are coming out, and then they're all just falling off the cliff. And then might yeah. and then there might be the one or two Lemmings that manage to jump over the gap and make it through into success, yeah. whilst the others are just you know I don't know collateral damage uh, in the process. I don't know how else to describe it. So so yeah, it's um. It's 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 a difficult it's a difficult thing it's a it's a complex thing and there's a lot of nuance that feeds into uh, cause and effect as to why certain things are are the way they are. Indeed, um, and, but, and and I'm I'm sort of sorry to cut in, but kind of because th- just thinking about the sheer numbers and then kind of like you know knowing how many people how many internationals who've who've you know done their say two years degree master's degree at alto helsinki uni or other universities and then they seriously struggle to land a relevant job because you know the current industry is just used to using only finnish and 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 you know it, i think the idea you know swedish for that matter and the idea that uh, you know people who are coming kind of like in big numbers into the country would be actually learning um 
finish at a fluent uh, a level uh, to enter the job market. I think it's just a little bit ludicrous. We shouldn't, you know, really take take that into our discussion because I think we've got plenty to discuss. Uh, well, you know, in, in any case, but uh, yeah, any, yeah. any thoughts on this? <laughs> well, no, no, sure. I, I mean, as you say, you know, I mean, even thinking about the yeah, quite rightly say the the when you think of the international so when i say the international component in finland that is the the non the non-finnish non-sweet you know non the non-finnish non-swedish speaking finn um components so everyone else yeah. uh, so you know you have you have at least three or just under three hundred thousand uh, internationals in, in in finland um you know i won't go into the full stats as to how many of those are employed or have their own uh, businesses and, and and all the rest of it but um there is a large contingent of people that are again going back to the MFA propaganda, as I refer to it, or, or yeah. you know, like the, the the positive spin that um, they put on things. Like Finland, Finland is seen as an attractive co- you know, country uh, to want to come to, and people do come here, yeah. and they land here and then they get stuck. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, not 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 all the time. When I first landed in Finland, as it were, I was attracted here from a job opportunity. And the the it was the job actually that said they would you know help me relocate to Finland. They wanted me in Finland, and absolutely, uh, I came here with my Finnish partner. And um, then, of course, you know, circumstances changed and whatever else. And then I I end up having my own company and whatever else, and that's and that's fine. And I've had issues with the with general governance and and, and agencies here. But but more broadly speaking, um, I think. Uh, yeah, the people that people that are coming here, yeah, they, they get here and then they struggle. And like you're saying, with with, with the education uh, perspective, a lot of international students who are coming here at master's level or at PhD level, I think I, I know a lot of um, international students who, who who have come here to do their masters and then finish their masters and are doing their PhD, but are actively looking for opportunities elsewhere because they know once they feel or they've actually prolonged their research in their phd to buy them some more time whilst they figure out where can i go once i'm done because they know fully well that as soon as you know they get the diploma in their hand or whatever it is that they're cut loose and they'll fall into the abyss so um and it's kind of then quite shocking when you think of finland having the esteemed education system that it has that generally speaking is accessible you know for the most part uh, and is quite attractive and gives a very good and high level of education to people you know these are the people that you want to keep and I, i'll use canada as a comparison here because in canada when you do your phd you out on the on being awarded your phd you automatically receive um permanent residency Mm, very good because why not you've got a highly educated person that has spent their time in the canadian ecosystem you want to keep that expertise in the ecosystem why on earth would you want to bleed that out for another country to to utilize so again it's it's nonsensical that in finland it's you know come here further your education or, or whatever it is but then once you're done that unless you want to work um at a you know minimum wage job we're not interested or we don't or we still don't recognize we we still don't recognize your expertise because of whether it's your name or the fact that you are are not finnish or 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 swedish and when it comes to just learning the language um i know this is a you know it's a hot potato topic and by all means i'm all for learning the language of the country that you are in and um 
for you know for want of trying i you know, i've had a finish i've been with my finnish partner for 10 years i've tried learning finnish it's not the it's not the easiest language uh, to learn and of course i've actually focused on learning swedish because from an english speaking background swedish has the germanic roots and it's actually a bit easier to un- to 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 work out but the issue i have with whilst i i i understand that learning finnish would be i guess helpful being yeah. in finland and being able to navigate certain things and just understand what some people are saying to you i don't think it should be a you know like a barrier to engagement or something that stops you from engaging because let's face it there are more people in the world that speak latin than speak finnish so statistically <laughs> speaking it you know it, so, well it's true so yeah. statistically speaking it makes more sense for me to learn latin uh, yeah. than learning finnish and even if i did learn finnish i wonder whether that would really truly you know really make that difference in terms yeah. of of doing the work that i do especially in in it because yeah exactly the, the terminology and the vocabulary is in english anyway and the people that i speak to in the it sectors speak in english or understand yeah. english so again so other than a other than a i guess from a cultural and a social interactive perspective yeah. um but i also think that's also coupled with an individual's experience because yeah. if if an international is coming into finland and is clearly not welcomed here and i'm made to feel that they're only here to pay the tax bill and that's it that you know otherwise they're an outs- outsider no one wants anything to do with them why are they going to want to learn the language yeah. why, why would i why would i want to integrate into a community that doesn't want me uh, ultimately um and so yeah and, and not that i'm trying to then just you know present reasons yeah. for 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 disengagement but it's it's a sad fact that 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 i think that's 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 the way that's the way things are and i think people in the in the finnish job market job market um whether it's employers or you know whoever it is um well, I'll just put it bluntly. They just need to get over themselves. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think to be honest, there are so many people out there that are, you know, qualified, overqualified, um, or even if if you're not necessarily qualified, there are people that are willing to learn and do the right training. Yeah. The amount of times that we hear that there aren't enough people to take these jobs, we're, we're yeah. you know we're desperate for people, and I'm thinking, well, there are people there. Yeah, yeah you know, it's it's it, it reminds you of the the. Um, you know the, the old parable of the um i was going to say the drunken sailor but i can't think what it was um the um oh i can't remember but you know the, the adage of you know water water everywhere but not a drop to drink yeah, it, yeah. It, it's that so so if, if you can't hire the people that are here and are clearly not hiring the people that are coming in who are they looking for yeah so um, and what's the problem and let's actually deal with the problem instead of just saying well we've got a problem so we're not going to do anything and let's just see what happens yeah, and thinking about kind of like the university graduates, uh, kind of like you know who, who have to land a, a, a role soon, not to be booted out of out, out of the country. Kind of like, you know, I think I think you've had your personal experiences with Migri as well. Kind of like, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk about okay, we need new companies being founded in Finland and etc. But uh, you know, what's your what's your uh, personal perspective? Do you feel that Finland wants newcomers? to set up startups and etc. Yeah, for, uh, yeah, fin- Finland Finland wants its cake and eats uh, wants to have its cake and eat it. And I say that mindful that I don't know I'll, I'll you know 
I, I, I'm, I'm very suspicious of the system, so it wouldn't surprise me if I get some notification through from one of the government agencies after this podcast telling me that I have 48 hours to leave the country. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but when I when I say Finland wants its cake and eat uh, and to eat it, what I mean is that it wants to be. It wants it. Like I say, it, I think I use this. I, I use this example to you before, where when you have the problem statement being that Finland needs to support you know, X number of people when they retire. So there needs to be, there needs to be a net increase in, in, in the tax purse yeah. in, in, in the government, in government revenue. So in order to do that, you need more taxpayers. So, you know, taxpayer, you know, X equals taxpayers, Y equals revenue. And on the line chart, both of those things need to go up. Yeah. And when the, you know, when the lines go up, it looks good, and a politician, you know, gets another term or or, or you know whatever whatever it is that they're, they're successful, right? So, the, but the problem with that is that it means if you come to Finland, if you come to Finland and you are you know loaded, you're you're well off, you you have yeah. a lot of money in your account, or you set up you set up a company. Let, let's just say I set up my you know for for whatever which reason I. I had, you know, I had a few hundred, you know, I had a few million sitting in my European, you know, bank account, which I don't, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm, but if I, if I were, <laughs> um, and and I came to Finland and I said I want to set up a company, and it was really quick and boom, and I invested, you know, I put one million in into the coffers of the company. You know, my 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 journey would be magical and fantastic and great, and I pay my taxes, and what a great experience, and I, I see the world of you know the happiest country in the world kind of narrative. Yeah. Um, but if you don't have that, if you come to Finland and you set up a company and it's easy, but actually you need some help when it yeah. you know when, when when there needs to be this bilateral or this two way relationship, that's where it falls over. Where you know, and and, and you know, and people might point to oh. Finland offers the startup grant, you know, the the Stati Raha, um, which, you know, it, it's better than nothing. Uh, Seven hundred and something euros a month for an entrepreneur um, before tax, I will add, because I, I find that quite peculiar that that is also tax. So realistically, someone's take home might be five hundred euros a month. Yeah. And then you start thinking, well, uh, five hundred euros a month, and you only get that if you have no other salary or income. Yeah. So you have to essentially submit yourself to living in, you know impoverishedly mm. you know for the betterment of your of of your company which i understand you don't you know when you start up a company you want the revenue of the company to stay in the company and the yes. concept is they support you financially to enable you to do that but realistically that isn't really sustainable and it isn't going to work it's a token gesture um and so, and there's so many rules and things around, you know, around doing that and, and getting that, and what, you know, what, what, if you can qualify or not qualify or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and basically, you know, you you can set up the company, but then you get you get stuck in 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 this valley of death where unless you, and I know this is true of of businesses generally where you seek angel investment or, or depending on your business model, um, you know, and how and your ownership and whatever else how how you fund fund your company and how you generate revenue, but. I think Finland wants to attract people in and create a create a company. Fantastic! Um, what happens to that company? I don't think they really care. So, because ultimately, if you've created a company and therefore you're not, you know, you're not necessarily dependent on the state because you're an entrepreneur and it ticks that box of Finland having the highest number of startups. Um, you know, the highest number of startups in in, in Europe or, or or whatever it was. And going thinking of the paradox to that. 
you know, it has the highest number of startups. I don't know the statistics, but I'd like to see how you know what's the percentage of those that are actually successful. How many of those make it through seed round and into profit after yeah. however many number of years? And of that, on of that small percentage that makes it through, how many of those stay in Finland? Because th- that's another big problem where people come. You know, if they do manage to make it through the gauntlet here, yeah. do they even want to stay here after the experiences they had? And from what I've seen, that isn't the case. Um, and then, so when I and and when I talk about paradoxes, it's the same thing I mentioned. You know, Finland being the happiest country in the world, but then you also look at, you know, without going into too macabre of of an area of discussion, when you look at the the suicide rate in Finland, it's also one of the highest in the world. So then, that you have this paradox of how can a country be the happiest country in the world yet see some of the highest levels of people that clearly aren't happy, and how can you have the highest number of business startups start business creation yeah. yet a lot you know that isn't funneling through in, into actual success it, it's it's just this kind of mill of, of of creating stuff that isn't that isn't going anywhere and yeah. and i think the approach is just to almost uh i'm, I'm trying to think of of an analogy that isn't offensive or rude in terms of you know, th- 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 throwing throwing mud at the wall to see what yeah as much mud as you can at the wall to see what sticks um that, yeah. that's i was going to say something else but um, um <laughs> i think that's very much the thing let's let's just get let's just try and get as many people as we can yeah. into finland through the various channels that are as easy as possible and hopefully of that huge proportion, some of them will, you know, will manage to sort themselves out. And I think the analogy you used between a conversation that we had the other yeah. day was was quite good about having the bucket of water and the international people coming to Finland are the water, and you're pouring the water into a bottle, and yeah. a lot of it spills over and ends up all over the place and you know drains away or whatever. But then the small amount ends up in the bottle and, and perfect because you filled the bottle. Yeah, and, and, and there's you and, know yeah. I've been I've been speaking to internationals who've been saying that you know these issues that people talk about and moan about I don't recognize them you know I've had it well you know for the last ten or fifteen years and and this is this is really the paradox of that I think yeah. there are you know quite a few people in in Finland and uh, and of in, international background you know you know especially in, in in the world of tech you know in the companies that go international etc you know they are kind of like born and you know bred to be international you know there's the mncs um you know there's there's the construction industry as well that seems you know not to care you know of the background which is really good and 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 etc but you know if you go beyond these certain industries or then certain geographical areas it can be a completely different type of uh journey <laughs> yeah no exactly and, and i think um a, a friend uh, an international friend of mine who has actually returned um to slovakia because of um the issues he was facing uh, in, in in finland um he i mean he put it quite well when he was he, he, he in a true tech fashion was talking about the gaussian curve the bell curve in yeah. finland if you if you fit in the middle of that bell curve no issues. You will have yeah. a fantastic experience, and I, and I know plenty of of internationals who fit that bell curve, meaning that they they are employed by a big employer, yeah. um, and basically that's what it is. They're employed by a big employer, so they have a certain amount of income coming in. You know, they're a British citizen. You know, tick tick tick, no yeah. problem. Here, here, great. You know, and 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 whatever else. And even with the, using that example of, of my friend, when they even in between jobs when they left one job and then started another in Finland. 
um, when they approached TE and the other agencies, they had a fantastic experience of saying, oh, you know, would uh, you know you could you I mean, why don't you do some English la- um, Finnish language courses uh, and yeah. this and the other and was very quickly put into these courses and everything else and everything was really really streamlined and fantastic uh, and then I've known other people with exactly the same criteria who have hit dead ends with TE or, or other agencies and it really then boils down to the luck of the draw as to who you actually speak to within that agency who happens to pick up the phone or where does your file Whose desk is it, does it happen to land on at, at the time? And you know you can only only pray to you know whatever it is that you or whoever it is that you believe in that that um, the person that receives your query or request is someone that you know, or to put it bluntly, knows what they're doing. And I've had that experience myself with multiple agencies. Well, with when I've been dealing with Elikaskus uh, around my you know when I when I was at the time when I was having the startup grant and asking a question to someone and getting quite literally an abusive email back telling me, you know, quite bluntly that, you know, I shouldn't be asking for this, that and the other. And then, and requiring all of these things that I need, evidence that I needed to show. And then um, I had, I asked exactly the same question again and I got a response from someone saying, no problem, sorted. Like quite literally a one line saying, oh, thanks for that. I've logged on and done X, Y, Z, so it'll be updated tomorrow. But wow. Okay. And, I wasn't asking anything different between the two cases, but I don't know clearly one person had a bad day, and some I don't know what what the cause was. But thinking about you know even when it comes to you know whether it's Migri uh, you know or, or, or other agencies, I've mentioned a few agencies. I think the without again without kind of pushing too hard against a singular agency, I, I think yeah. the the issue is well one it's the follow through, but it's also just the um, the processes. So you, the wanting to, you know, encourage people to come to Finland and to work to fit in Finland and to integrate into Finland. But then, the processes to then enable all of that falls over, and it's very inconsistent. And yep. and you know, some people have very good experiences. Some people have really bad experiences. I've had mixed experiences. My more recent experiences have been pretty bad, and to the point of being nonsensical. Where I, you know, where where I had I had my appropriate permits and everything else with Brexit, you know, without going too much into details, but yeah. of course with with Brexit being this big thing, um, I had to change my permits being a British citizen. But when you go into Migri and sit down with someone and literally say, "This is the circumstances. What should I do?" They talk you through the process and the form, and you do it all, and I think fantastic. I've done it. I've been advised by Migri themselves what I should do. And I have done that. Yeah. And then nine months later, I'm told what you've submitted is incorrect. And actually you shouldn't, you know, so, yeah. So, so essentially, you know, so prove, prove. So these are the things we want to ask from you, which I'm thinking, well, you already have all of that information. So I've got nothing more I can provide. So provide this information or we'll make a, you know, a, a negative decision. And <laughs> And yeah, so so you know, so 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 what do you do in that situation? Yes. If you follow the advice from the agency themselves, and that advice is wrong, yeah. then how how do I course correct? Or yeah. Yeah, and obviously, I've I've done the bit of digging and found out that actually, you know, in, instead of this, I can apply for this other thing where the criteria that I have for the one thing which now doesn't fit will fit in the other thing. But again, it's peculiar that I always feel like I'm educating the per- the person in the agency about how to do their job. Which is a bit odd, you know. Yeah. Usually, you expect the government to, to know what it is that they're doing, or the representatives of, and not to say that every representative 
knows 100% the intricacies of clearly a, a convoluted and complex system. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't submit for, for my personal circumstance, you know, I didn't submit my application last week and got a response this week. I, I, yeah, I, I did it the first week or the second week of January, uh, and I, I got the response a few days ago. Um, so it's and been ten in, months. No, that's yeah, that's that's late and September now. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're talking nine, nine, ten months to then be told that that basically, and the feedback is just wrong. Yeah, you know, it's just like, you know, survey says eh, eh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so yeah, it, it's it's it's, it's it is, and, and 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 I think and I think this is this is what's frustrating, especially when you compare yeah. with other countries that you know are also in a similar situation. Like I said, this isn't an this isn't an anomalous thing for Finland. There yeah. are other countries that are going through the same um, aging population and, and wanting to encourage uh, people to come into the country. But before I make the comparison, actually, with other countries, thinking about what you said about certain industries, so with mm. you know like construction workers, for example, I've you know, I physically have been in the, when I when I joined well, when I joined when I came into Finland, um, and you know I went at that time. International House was the new thing in in Helsinki. You know, bringing all the agencies into one building to streamline yeah. the process. And great concept, and for the most part, um, you know, I think again it works when you don't have a question. Um, but you're seeing but seeing the two lines of. You know, if if you are a construction worker from yeah. an Eastern European country, you know, stand in this line and you get fast tracked. And seeing quite literally the the tens of of people, if not hundreds of people, like that line, just people going in and out five minutes, boom, boom, yeah. boom, getting their their things stamped and whatever they needed to go to go and you know work in their construction job, fantastic. Yeah. And then everyone, so you know, seeing how many people taking five minutes for me, bearing in mind that when I came, I had my permanent contract already, like offer everything else set up. Um, And it took me, you know, eight hours of, 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 of sitting in there and, um, you know, dealing with, dealing with whatever I had to deal with and, and, and doing, and I understand paperwork and process and whatever. But again, my point with that is that when there is a will, there is a way. So clearly, yeah. when there is this need for uh, you know for construction, and without sounding too um, you know like conspiracy theorist, um, you know when when you have pressure from some of the biggest construction companies in Finland, I'm sure pressuring the government to say we need workers or the industry is going to collapse or X Y you know X a number of jobs are going to be lost, then that you find a way to fast track people to come in for for certain roles so if that can be done in one concept one kind of sector or 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 construct you know there's no reason why it can't be done for another and i'm not suggesting again to open the floodgates and just fast track everyone but what i mean is that you know someone can review the process and see well actually these things don't fit or depending on the circumstances of the individual we can you know, there are certain processes that are, that are more fitting. You know, in, in my personal case, it's taken them nine months to say no for whatever reason. This is wrong. When yeah. I already know that there's another type of permit that I, if I want to, I'm not even sure if I want to at this point. But yeah. if I want to apply, I can. But then I'm thinking, well, surely that should be highlighted on their side as well. Someone looking and thinking, oh, you know. Hit, you know, Nishan doesn't fit this criteria for whatever reason, but actually that fits this one. So yeah. why don't we just recommend he does this one? Or why don't we ask him to say, look, you know, whatever with Brexit, whatever has changed, I understand that. I'm an intelligent guy. But, but you know, but actually this permit might be more fitting. 
and you know, should you want to progress with that, we we, we will do that. Because I'm pretty sure the answer for me would be, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, if it works, if, if yeah, if that's the way, if that's what you recommend, fine. And other countries do that. Canada does that. When when Canada, when you're looking to immigrate into Canada, for example, you can do a pre questionnaire and give them all of the details about your education and qualifications and, and experience and whatever, and then they recommend to you what visas and processes are the ones that you you qualify for, and yep. then you can pick what's best fitting for you. Or there's an option, say, if you still don't know, you can speak to someone, yep. and. And that's a very, very different process then, because then, and then it's very much upfront. And when you click on or, or, or read, you know, the different visas and things, it will explain, yeah, quite clearly. This is what you need. This is the amount of money that you need. These are the things that you need to meet. And it's a point-based system. It's yeah. very clear and whatever. And um, I mean, I will say though, with Canada, having lived in Canada for a number yeah. of years um, back back in the day, I remember in the in the two thousands that. Um, Canada's immigration system was a challenge back then. Mm. We're talking about 2004, 2005, 2006, where um, I think a lot of the issues that Finland is facing now, Canada faced with its immigration 20 years ago, and other countries have faced the the same thing. So these aren't new problems, and these aren't new challenges, but there's a, a massive lag. And I know... If there are any internationals with that kind of experience listening to this, you know they'll be nodding their heads at this to say that this is the thing that Finland has this for being the birthplace of innovation, yet has this massive time time lag between things that are happening here versus in other countries. I, I mean, I, I've I've estimated that the time lag between the UK and Finland is five years, and quite clear between Canada and the UK is about fifteen to twenty years. Yeah. In ter- in terms of certain policies and procedures and 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 things that need to be done. But of course, I mean, I'm not here to just be, you know, like kind of shaking my fists at Finland and saying how horrible it is and, and everything else. But it's just, I think decision makers need to appreciate that, you know, this is a, this is a problem that has been stewing for a long, long time. And the systems that are in place now that have been in place for a long time, you know, as you know, we're trying to fix. You know, it's like trying to use an iPhone that you might have got in two thousand and seven today. It just doesn't work. Think the world has changed, technology has changed, systems change, policies and procedures change, and what used to work in the seventies doesn't work now, and you need to change it. You know, simple as. So there needs to be ways of 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 changing it, expediting processes, or or just adapting things. And I know there's political processes and things that are involved there, but and there needs to be something actively done because I was about to say because Finland will miss the boat, but I think at the minute I don't think Finland even realizes that it needs to catch the boat, let, let alone you know trying to catch it and missing it. Yeah, um, so. I, I might. Yeah, I might. I think. I think what I've been observing over the past few months, uh, you know, there's been very much talk in the national press um, about kind of like the need for 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 newcomers and uh, and, and there's kind of like. From my point of view, it it, it really feels like uh, the, the 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 debate that's taking place is kind of like pretty much one sided, to the extent that you know you 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 wonder why on earth these things haven't been solved, why it's so difficult, you know, in in, in X Y and Z situations, uh, you know, it's 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 just you know. A, a clear mismatch between kind of like the realism of of of, of the policies in place and etc. I, I know there's a bill coming out um, in in um, to affect uh, legislation to make it quicker to to make it more streamlined. Um, 
perhaps sometime next year. And uh, at, at the same time, that that piece of legislation will not solve everything. You know, it, it would make them, you know, a, a certain criteria matching people easy to kind of like, you know, they would be then the, the shortcut. But, you know, again, um, it will not apply to everyone and et cetera. And, and when, when the basis of, of everything is, is very sort of a mixed up and, 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 and Kafkask, if, if you like, you know, very red tape, uh, heavy. Uh, you know, it's it's unlikely that a one silver bullet sort of a application is going to make a massive difference. And um, and so it's kind of like from my perspective, I'm, I'm sort of always thinking when you know people are kind of coming to Finland to do their degree and etc. And I'm like thinking people need to be super active kind of like doing the networking stuff you related to and uh, and and all that type of stuff but also having a sort of a, a plan b ready sort of you know if the if the job market is not welcoming and and, and all mm. that type of stuff no um, that, exactly i i think that's that, that's something i'd i'd also echo and 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 agree that, that, you know to to fix the problem especially when it comes to you know the the politics of it and and, and the policies and a lot of the things that yeah that do need to be changed with the various i mean you know, I, I don't blame the agencies per se because the agencies, you know, F- Finland is very good at following regulation, almost, you know, to, in a sense that following it to the degree that it can be flawed sometimes, especially yeah. when you when you think of a lot of the legislation which is EU wide, and you when you when you think of when you look at Germany and other European countries that have the same you know, EU regulation, obviously they have their own internal stuff as well. But how can other European countries, you know? not be as uh, you know not have as similar problems uh you know to scale that 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 finland does um so being able to you know fix that you know it's going to take time like i say it's going to take legislation everything else but at the same time the, the conversation as well also becomes quite polar i think sometimes yeah. people see it as you know opening the floodgates for loads of immigrants to come in and suddenly Finland's going to be swamped by, you know, a whole bunch of people that can't even speak Finnish and don't know what they're doing. And, and, you know, and, 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 and the, the, the innocent Finnish person is going to be in their summer cottage swarmed by people thinking, Oh my God, what's happening? Um, you know, and, you know, these are like the two sides of the narrative, right? <laughs> Finland's going to be overrun by people and we can't support it. Yeah. Uh, so we should either just shut the doors and not let anyone in or open the doors and let them come in. But I think the issue there as well is around, failings in the system as well because when you think of the people that are already here and then you think of the disparities between and this is something i i always talk about a lot the disparities in between the municipalities so when you're thinking about the share of resources and and um budgets so even thinking from for example you know looking at the helsinki region and helsinki being the capital with the most number of people and etc and etc cetera, et cetera, by virtue of being the capital has a, a large number of resources and can implement a lot of things but then the national strategy tends to be Helsinki centric. So then when yeah. you look at smaller areas that either don't have the resources to implement the sorts of change that they so desperately need, when you think of Imatra and, and Eastern Finland or yeah. even heading up uh, north, but then also you have a lot of the towns where, um, where, where was I visiting? Um, uh, oh goodness. I can't remember the name of the, Oh, I was actually up in New Vascular or just outside of New Vascular. Yeah. Um, and uh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but it's 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 quite it's, it's quite reflective of Finland generally, where there was a, it's a small town that has been built around a paper mill. So there's a UPM mill there, um, and 
the town is there because of the mill and the, exactly. and the town is reliant on the mill. And I thought to myself, it's quite worrying, especially looking at, at the, you know, the economics of things where if, if that mill disappears or, oh, yeah. or the business changes operations, you've got a, a, a town of people that will suddenly become unemployed yeah. and the whole economy will collapse. And then what happens to that town? I think eventually is as what's happened with a lot of other areas in Eastern Finland, yeah. it'll be left to disappear and then it, it'll get swallowed up by one of, you know, your vascular will probably take over that area as a suburb That's or something. probably Anikoski that you were at. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. And yeah. And, and, and so, but when you have situations like this where people, I think people in Finland, even Finnish people in Finland who yeah. have um, been, you know, d- doing doing what they do and going through the system and getting their education and getting their job in their small town or, or wherever they get their job yeah. um, and, and working in the system and then the system lets them down and then the narrative is, oh, we need more people to come in and we need to help people that are coming in. And then I understand yeah. the frustration where people think, well, but why can't you help us as well? And and for me, it's very much, and that's why I always look at the policy and the systems, because the point is that the system is failing people in Finland as much as the international people that are coming in. It's not just a matter of, you know, and, and I think the people that the system isn't failing are the people that fit in the middle of that, you know, of that Gaussian curve that, that, that don't trigger any anomaly. And that can, you know, there can be an automated process. And a lot of the time, their cases or, or their presence isn't actually seen by a human being. But the minute there's a trigger and someone needs to actually individually look at your process or look at whatever the anomaly is, there isn't something in the system that then allows for something to be changed or something to be amended. So it's too you end up in the too difficult box. And hopefully, if we just keep quiet for long enough, yeah. You know, in my case, if we just don't talk to him for long enough, maybe he'll leave, <laughs> or maybe he'll figure out some other way of, of 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 doing whatever it is. And that's also another good way, actually, of getting things done here is pestering people. I found with agencies, yeah. if I phone them every day, eventually get something gets done because they get so sick of talking to me. But yeah. that's the advice I would be giving to, to to people generally: is that yes, Finland can be you know a great place to be, and Finland does do a lot of things right, and you know. You know, the na- you know, in terms of nature and everything else, you know the landscape of Finland and that kind of thing. It's fantastic, and you know, in in terms of people in Finland, I mean, funnily enough, I I I I love living in a rural area and 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 the people here. And when you get to know people and and you you know you cross that th- trust threshold, um, yeah. You know, funnily enough, a lot of a, a lot of people that I would class as my very very good friends here in Finland the majority of them don't actually speak English so maybe that's why they're, they're my friend because they don't actually understand what it is I'm talking about <laughs> maybe when they actually understood what I was saying they wouldn't they wouldn't like me anymore but um but 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 what I would advise to people is just to really be very very cautious and have a backup plan and you know not necessarily, not to say that, not to believe what's said about Finn and you know and everything else, because it can be a good place. But yeah, have have redundancy after redundancy. Make sure you have enough in 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 place to support yourself when you when you get here. Make sure you start networking before you even get here. That was the mistake I made where I jumped into Finland thinking that it was similar to the UK, and it's taken me two years to network. And I'm at the place now where things are. Yeah, you know, I'm well known, and I know uh, you know a lot of people and whatever else. But you know that, that's taken two years, yeah. and the two years of effort that it's taken in Finland, two years in another country, be it in Canada or or, or the UK, would have gotten me a lot further. 
you know that for for that kind of for that amount of energy and bandwidth that was required so um and yeah and and for and for people to just be prepared for the fact that you know the the entry dock into finland you know to use a space analogy is 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 very narrow or like you're saying about pouring the water into the bottle mm. and be prepared that if you're if you can see that you're not going to land in that bottle to to move before you hit the ground because once you i think once you get here and and you get stuck yeah. it can become very problematic as well and you end up being quite disenfranchised and being um in a in a you know not really a, a, a great position which a lot of international people and even returnees for that matter are on the stress returnees because especially when you look at the statistics the statistics are split up between you know finnish people or or finnish citizens um and non finns so a lot of the issues my my partner is is a finnish citizen who but she was out out of finland for 20 years and came back with me she's had just as hard a time into re- reintegrating as me i would say maybe if not worse because at least with me i'm i'm some exotic you know novelty that people are quite interested in whereas my partner is you know all intents and purposes is another finn but actually she hasn't been here for a while so she doesn't have a clue about what's going on so it's a lot harder and and a lot of returnees go through that and i've met quite a few people returnees uh, recently i met a returnee who you know at the top of her game in the us in, in terms of therapy and and and, and counseling and, and some mental health services and all of that stuff but coming to finland and basically same thing don't recognize the fact that you had a very successful high turnover business in the us and wanting to come to finland to just set up shop here because your roots are here being told no not interested so she's already gone back to the US and it's and, and so and and of the international people that I know that are here a lot of the time they're they're here because they're you know they're stuck here in 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 the honeypot one of my good friends and my one of my good mentor mentors who's extremely well networked in Finland and I would say is quite successful here does tell me that he the only reason why he is still here is because his kids are here Yeah. And so his kids are of the age where they you know they are benefiting from the things that Finland does well when it comes to quality of life and education and yeah. whatnot. But if he didn't have kids he would have been gone years ago. And it's sad that um you know that that is the case that that yeah. people aren't necessarily there are people here that are here because they like being here but my point being is that of the people that can clearly make a really valuable contribution and want to make a contribution um there are these roadblocks in place that make it so that they can't or that they have to settle for something which really to me doesn't maximize the benefit for both parties because of course an individual wants to be able to maximize their potential and and offering that they give into a country or an ecosystem but the country and the ecosystem in return you know benefits from having that skill and that expertise and that ambition of people to want to want want to do that you know it's nonsensical for me to be told you know that that for me to be in finland well basically you know i'm not wanted in finland so i can just go somewhere else and when i've been spending the years that i have trying to really integrate and and talk going back to the paradox thing where from a competition point of view in the business having my expertise questioned or on an individual level when i was looking for jobs before i started my company having my own expertise personal expertise questioned or somehow seemingly invalidated yet at the same time i have conversations and i'm invited to have conversations with senior members of of finnish government 
about my expertise. I have a meeting during the week with a senior member of one of the Finnish ministries about my perspective on a particular topic because they are going to be speaking about that topic and they don't know you know x y and z so they want to hear my thoughts so again i find it odd that i'm not good enough supposedly to have a job in a finnish company so i created my own company and i do my thing internationally and it's very hard for me to integrate into finland yet they're happy to again siphon out my my knowledge um yeah Uh, for, for so you know it's so it's a paradox isn't it so clearly it's good enough to be, for me to be advising and speaking to senior members of, of government yet on a general day-to-day -day basis no one wants to know and and I, you know that, that that's my own personal experience but that, that i see i see that so many times i see that with the really highly qualified people i see that with with graduates and the phd students and people that have been people that have been working as intern you know in intern roles are uh, in their master's degree or doing their phds contributing to companies you know some um some expertise in some cases that i've seen that has been you know on a global scale revolutionary and yet that after their internship ends that per, that international person is you know discarded but this company then utilizes that knowledge as their own and and it's it's quite shocking really that that continually happens this exploitative we want something for nothing we want you to come here we want to take your tax money and your expertise but you know god forbid that you should try and then be successful or, or, or challenge very good pointers um we could take on any any of these and, and go on a, a new tangent but uh, perhaps just to finish up we've been critical for you know good reasons um but how about uh, just a, a quick re re recollection of of that past couple of years in finland uh, what's what's been the most positive surprise Yeah, no, it's a it's a good point, and I I think um, of course, yeah, you know, we've been we've been we've been critical, and you know, I I I always say that you know, even in in friendships and stuff, you know, crit, uh, being critical is 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 a positive thing because of course you need to acknowledge where things are going wrong in order yeah. before you can make things better, exactly. and that's my point with all of this. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not just trying to throw stones at the windows. It, it's 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 you know, it's really trying to trying to identify what is going wrong especially based on my experience and to help find a way to make things better for everyone so that yeah. that's the point of this conversation but in terms of positive in positive experiences in finland you know it's again it, it, it's quite difficult to to really just you know highlight certain things because by virtue of what goes on you have some positive experiences and then you, you're you know You're you're slapped across the face with something ridiculously negative, which then fogs the experiences that 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 that, that you have here. But again, I think I'm I'm always puzzled by um, the the paradoxes. So from a from a positive point of view, like I say, in terms of quality of 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 life, you know, even when I think of the simple things of of safety and security and and you know water and air quality and and these things, you know, Finland, the you know, accessibility to nature. And all, and all of this stuff, P uh, public transport, for, for for example, at least in Helsinki, um, is very good. But you know, just 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 these everyday things where I think Finland, for me, especially during the pandemic, I was very glad I was in Finland and not in the UK because I mean, especially living where I live out in the middle of nowhere, I mean, sure you know, th there were certain restrictions in terms of social interactions, but actually, I could still go outside and walk and do my thing and and 
you know, work from home and, uh, and, and whatever else and enjoy nature in that sense. Yeah. Little things, little things like, um, mobile phone connectivity, but the fact yeah. that I can just go anywhere I want to go and I'll always be connected. That's not necessarily a good thing because especially these days, sometimes <laughs> I don't want people to be able to get a hold of me. I, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of, uh, uh, miss the fact that in the UK where I used to live, if I turn my like, uh, 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 what do you call it? My, like, my mobile signal, I had like a mobile signal amplifier box to ensure that I had signal in my house. But if I turned it off, then I'd be in a black zone, a dead zone. So no one could get a hold of me. I'm fantastic. I, I do, I, you know, I, 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 do, I do miss that. But, but um, yeah, I think, you know, little, little things like that, like I say, the things that work well here work very well even things when it comes down to like i say i think finland gets the basics you know very you know very right um you know water quality for the most part that kind of accessibility to nature and and, uh, and lakes and for you know for the most part people here are friendly um I say for the most part, because of course there's always going to be situations and circumstances where that might not be the case. Safety, safety in particular, I think is still to me. I it, it, it I I find my I find myself short circuiting slightly when I go to parks, and you see, you know, the four or the five year old or a couple of you know young kids as friends, yeah. and they're just wandering in the park and doing their thing, or they're walking to the shop and. You know, it, it's safe to do so here. But, you know, in the UK, you know, a five-year-old wouldn't be in the park by themselves. So for me, when I see young kids, I'm thinking, you know, there's a little voice in my head thinking, oh, what's happening? Where are their parents? What's going on? You know, alarm bells. Yeah. So, but, you know, but the fact that things are at, you know, at the, the threshold of safety is, is that much higher here and and level of, of general public trust here is, is such that I can understand you know that that ties into the the draw to Finland why people would want to come here versus wherever it is that they're currently living or or, or from if there is that 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 positive move um, and, and and everything else so so for me th- those are those are really the positives and i think that's whilst you know whilst that sets a good foundation for finland yeah. um and i think that also that also paints the picture for if you're you know if you're coming here and you're already established you know economically socially professionally yeah i think finland's great you can come to finland and you know especially you, know, you can come to finland and set up shop or or even just come here to retire so many people that i've heard even international people have said they'll come back to fin they will come back to finland but just when they're retired you know they'll 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 do their business and, and do their things elsewhere and then when they're in a position to not actually have to contribute or do anything but they can just exist they can just come back to finland and and you know get get their get their cabin on 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 the saima and swim every morning and and you know walk to the shop and just have a you know your humble existence and finland is very good at that um so so yeah, so I think that's 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 the positive that's the positive for me. And what I would what I would like to see is um, I think people being bolder. I I, I think I, I have come across some political figures or, or municipal figures that have tried to be bold. Um, I mean, in one instance that you and I both know, without going into the details of it, um, you know, kind of it went. I don't want to say the way of the dodo, but I think almost um, that individual's boldness kind of was used against them in 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 the in in the in the in the wider scheme. And 
openness to change. It's a thing that was in the UK as a former police officer. I used to be um, assessed on my openness to change. It was one of the criteria for uh, professional development. And I think Finland really needs to work on its openness to change yeah. and you know embracing the fact that yes change is happening but it's not necessarily you know it doesn't have to be a bad thing and actually it's a you know it's an opportunity yeah and and there needs to be the initiative and the gumption and the you know to, to do it right because if if they if if they can do it right or at least work towards doing it right um the benefits are you know are exponential of the effort that that would go into it but it it needs someone to it needs someone to do it and i, I i'm not in, without going into politics um because i'm not overly familiar with the you know the internal politics of finland as such other than the grand kind of positioning of of political parties um yeah. i don't necessarily think that the um you know that the motivation is there i i, I think that i think the positioning is more on self preservation rather than on innovation you know I- innovating a, you know the country and the and the processes and and how things are done and you know attracting people because otherwise people are just going to be leave of the people that are here they'll they'll go students are already you know once they graduate they already leave there's a big problem yeah. in retaining talent in finland yeah. let alone bringing new talent in that's it um so yeah Guess what? We are now reaching seventy-seven minutes in total, and uh, and I think you you came up um, some um, with some very very valid pointers um, throughout the discussion, but also in in, in the last uh, few minutes or so. And I think the the title of this session is going to be Finland needs more openness to change, and uh, and and. And I won't be asking if there anything else that should be added to the discussion at this point, Nishan. Uh, you know, it's it's more like many, many thank you for being able uh, to to join in and share your thoughts that are very, very insightful and and I think very, very valuable for a lot of people. Also, kind of like uh, the people who are thinking about the policies and are they, you know, uh, kind of like effects, but also to the people who are considering moving over here and and, and etc uh, yeah no no problem I, I mean i know you know i i can i can talk forever uh, uh, about this particular subject i mean i mean it's something I, i'm i'm very passionate about but i think but i think also the, i think this is the the point and i think also that this is what um a lot of decision makers as well need to understand is that this is a very nuanced thing and then even though you know i have my personal experiences which as unfortunate as they are um it's difficult to you know use that fully as a benchmark because there are equally some people like i said who essentially are uh, you know a, a, an administrative clone of myself yet go through the system and don't have an issue <laughs> and so it's, and but but this this um these irregularity you know if, if this was a piece of software yeah. and not give not providing consistent results you'd already have you know the service tickets raised and the developers looking into the code to figure out what on earth is going on you know for for this to be um so inconsistent right so so really that that's that that's you know that's that's i think what what ne- what needs to happen here otherwise yeah. especially with um, the pace that things are are moving at Finland, there is a there is a real uh, possibility that that Finland will fall behind yeah. to other countries that are more actively taking the opportunity, especially now. Like I said before, with the pandemic, where 
you know, a lot of things are being reset. A lot of governments and, and countries are finding new ways to attract people to come in to rejuvenate their economies. Exactly. Um, you know, even when you think of digital nomads and whatever, there, there's so many things that, that, that other countries, you know, have an advantage over Finland as it is. And if Finland doesn't really get its act together, it's going to rest on its laurels and why well, it can't really rest on its laurels. Right. So, so it's, uh, yeah, fully agreed. I think there was a, there was a, a couple of, um, consultancy reports on, 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 on the talent, um, in 2030 and in, and in the worlds of tech and, and, and the like. And I think the only country that was on the safe side, um, is India and, and, and really, um, you know, thinking about the different European countries and, uh, and the, um, North America and et cetera, all the countries will be competing for the same talent. And, uh, you know, Finland needs to put the, um, her act together or otherwise be, you know, on the losing side. Many thank you, Nishan, for giving some insight what should be done differently, I think, in this country. <laughs> Thanks. And um, yeah, and just on that last point on talent, I agree. Um, there's a lot of you know, bigger markets out there with bigger draws and even from a salary perspective. And if, if everyone's fighting over the same talent, you know, uh, people are going to go for the, on the path of least resistance and what's most attractive. So um you know and, that, and that's not just to say that it's a monetary thing but but you know there's lots of other factors that people are considering especially now that people can also work remotely so physical location isn't necessarily a thing either so um so so yeah there's a lot lot of competition out there and um i do fear um for finland but at the same time i've been you know i've also been saying this for a long time and you know it's fallen on deaf ears for the most part so We'll wait and see. But thanks for you know, thanks for having me on, Saku. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Many thanks.